misunderstood things about Jesus. Now, a lot of people, especially atheists and agnostics, say Jesus was more or less a bully, if anything, if he ever existed at all. Me being a Christian, I want you to know that I fully believe that Jesus was a holy man, anything but a bully, showing nothing but love and forgiveness and compassion, and was indeed the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again. But this is what people sometimes don't understand or misunderstood the reason of or why Jesus said and did things he did. So here's my perspective and my idea. This is not um, told in the Bible of my conclusions or what I believe to be true. So you're free to make your own conclusions, but this is what I believe and strictly what I believe. Although the verses I tell you, which I'm not going to tell you the verses, but I'm going to tell you what happened, what took place, are indeed in the Bible. Followed by a fictional story. However, the story does have Jesus to show you how much Jesus loved everyone and everything. When he was in the temple, the priests were using it as a marketplace, selling animals for sacrifice. When Jesus saw that he had turned the temple, which was God's house, into a marketplace, he was enraged. It's not, not telling how old he was when this happened, but we believe it to be a 33. On the account of that today, a 33 years old. That was the year he was when he was crucified. He overturned the tables. He set the animals free. And he walked up the stairs where he could be seen and heard by everyone and yelled, It is written! It is written! My house! My house shall be called the house of prayer for you! You have turned into a den of thieves. Do not squander your money on sacrifice. For I tell you, God does not require it. And the Pharisees were thinking to themselves, I guarantee it. Treachery, treason, blasphemer. How, who is this Jesus man think he is? Because in their culture, they were to sacrifice a lamb that's been in their family. An unblemished lamb, so like a pure white lamb that's been in their family for a year, lived in the house. So it's like taking that family dog and taking it to the temple after a year and spilling its blood. Killing it. So you'd be forgiven. Well, Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And he was telling them, I am the sacrifice. These animals won't make you right with God anymore. You don't have to do this anymore. I will do it. I will give myself up. I'll let you sacrifice me so this never has to happen. They knew that, but they didn't believe he was the Son of God. Continuing down this line, when he walked up to the tax collectors, he told a parable which could actually have been true. 
Once two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other the tax collector. And the Pharisee said, God, I thank you I'm not like other men, thieves, adulterers, and this tax collector. And the tax collector didn't even look up to heaven and said, Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. God bless the tax collector, not the Pharisee. For he who humbles himself will be praised, and he who praises himself will be humbled. So in other words, the same this. And the Pharisees were like, What? True. Pharisees believed themselves to be the well if they had sinned, but their sin wasn't as bad as other people's. I'm better than this person, therefore God must love me more because I don't sin like this other person. Well Jesus is saying, I see all sin equal. But if you come and you say, Yes, I am a sinner, and you believe it. And you ask for mercy from God, asking for his forgiveness, and he will forgive you, and if you do not, he will not forgive you. We're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. I have sinned like that in multiple ways. Sometimes I thought my sins unforgivable, but People I have hurt, they forgave me. No, it's one did. And I'm grateful that she forgave me. That's self forgiveness. When you have self forgiveness, he throws this thing as far as the east is to the west. Which means, yes. And that means that he is wipes that sin away. There's no more sin. Because he forgives you. And when it just throws from east to west, I mean, there's no end. So his, for, so he forgives. And there's no end to how far that sin takes away. You still do it. Some people don't care. My ex-YouTube partner doesn't care. Thinking of trying to get into a conversation back then. Anyway, the Pharisees thought he was blaspheming and saying, So they sin. Big deal. God bless the wicked. All he was saying was, you need to be aware of your sin and ask forgiveness. Here's another one that did they uh, try to push against them. Okay. They had this woman who was caught with adults which means having sexual intercourse with someone who is not her wife, 
I mean, not her, not her husband. So two timing. And Jesus said, and, and the Pharisees and guards of God said, the law commands us to stone such a woman. What do you say? And if you said stone her, she would be following the law. But his talk of mercy and compassion with God once will be flawed. And he says, don't stone her, then he's going against the law and she took steps for it. <coughs> so Jesus, I believe, probably picked up stone. I don't know this for sure, but this is the depiction of it. In the Bible movie, he picked up a stone, walked back and forth within his hand, stood in front of a woman, raised up the stone as if to stone her, then turned around and said, I give my stone to this first man who can tell me that he's never sinned. In reality, though, I believe one went like this. They laid a stone in his hand. I believe they But not, this isn't in the Bible. The part about how, what they did to Jesus. They kind of stone from a woman, but this is how I believe it would have happened. Jesus was handed a stone by the Pharisees. Pharisees pointed the woman and said, Go ahead. Where is your verdict? Well, he said it mockingly. Jesus probably walked in front of a woman with a stone hand and dropped it. And then he turned around saying, To the first man who can tell me that he's never sinned, let him cast the first stone. And one by one, this is in the Bible, one by one, the Pharisees and people around them dropped their stones and walked away. Then Jesus untied the woman and said, Go, and sin no more. And she went off. And they thought that was blasphemy. And again, they believed that he was ridiculing the laws and scriptures. Being a dangerous radical, as he was known to be called. There's also another one that they believed was so unspeakable that it was just crazy. He said, they said this, and this is ridiculous what they said here. He cast out demons with the help of demons. Why and how? If he was using demons to cast out demons, what purpose would that serve, number one? One, no man can control demons. They'll pretend that you control them until they, until they don't need you anymore, and then they'll either drag you down to hell, or torture you until you eventually wish you were dead and eventually are. Number one. Number two. I think it's like a good thing about helpful little long story that shows how to quote unquote control them. He's not gonna be like, cast out the cast out these cast out these demons, make them stay free. <laughs> no, he's doing that. He's gonna be like, oh yeah. The holy people. Get out of here, demons. Get out of here. I know we're demons too, but hey, get to that break. Master don't want his hair. No, they're not gonna do that. They will take any time. I guarantee you, you would take a little orphan and a soul if you could. Like, 
Parables that people listened to and didn't like. One of which was a woman. <coughs> These big rich men brought bags upon bags upon bags. So these guys were loaded with a capital L. And then he dropped it into the basket. What's the reason of it? You never. You have plenty left over. Then this elderly woman that had two copper coins dropped them into the basket and walked away. That was everything she had, even used for food. And you're probably like, seriously? Two pennies? What if I told you this? Back then, two copper coins would actually equal up to probably less than half a penny. Two of them would be less than half a penny. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, wow, that's wonderful sacrifice. Who could do it? Did you not see that woman where she has given more to God than all the others combined? And the disciples didn't understand this. And he walked up to them and said this. She was given everything she had, even if used for food. And for that, she was blessed. Because not only did she give everything she had, she didn't do it to be noticed. She did it because she loved God that much. And there's another plan of living life. There's so many things I can tell you that they hated that filled my heart. I will I will mark off my top three favorite parables and then bounce into the story. One of which is uh, the parable <coughs> of the prodigal son. Because, like me, I was kind of what you may consider to be a prodigal son. Once this man had two sons. And the youngest son said, Father, give to me what is mine. As a man inheritance. The father doing as the son demanded, and the son left home. Not long after, his money was completely gone. Completely gone. Wanted it on sex, on pleasures of every kind. And his then shortly after that, a famine took the land, and his friends abandoned him. He eventually got a job working for a pig farmer, and was so overwhelmed by hunger that he ate the flock that they ate. 
I think since he was thinking, he said, my father threw him over my back, screamed, and I had nothing. Maybe if I go back and beg for forgiveness, try to my father, or put in the world, I'm going to forgive him. And when he came home, his father saw him and met him halfway. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against you and God. I am not worthy to be called your son. And the father said to them, Servants, fetch the finest robe. Get a ring and put it upon his finger. Fetch the sandals and put it on his feet. Slay the fattest calf and we will feast. For my son was dead, and now he's alive, and he's lost, and now he's his father. Which means, he was back from, but he came out of his way, he came back, humble. <coughs> and the older brother heard this, and asked the servant, what is going on? He says, we are ordered to fetch sandals, put the finest robes on him, Put, kill the fattest calf and feed it to your brother, for he has come home. And the brother was more than jealous. And he confronted his father, saying, Father, I have worked for you from the sun, yet you give me nothing in return. But my brother, who has squandered his savings and sinned against you and God, he comes home and you kill the fattest calf for him? Someone's saying, yo, dude, this one? Where's mine here? <coughs> and the man, the father said this, Son, the inheritance I have promised you will be yours. But now we must celebrate your brother. For he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he is found. Now, it doesn't say what else happened after that, so now you know. <coughs> Second on the list is the farmer and the seed, or seed. The farmer is us, and we're spreading the seed, which is the word of God. That's the job of the Christian, to spread the word. Some seeds fall upon the road, and birds come down and quickly gobble them up. Some seeds fell upon the rocks, which sprouted quickly, but due to them having no roots, withered and died with the rising sun. Some seeds fell upon the vines, whose fruits are still in height, and then the vines take coat and smother them. But some seeds fell upon good soil, and they fade and great harvest. <coughs> this is the meaning of the parable. Those who those who hear the word on the road are those who don't take heed in it. They move on and quickly forget. The seeds that fall upon the good, I mean, the seeds that fall upon the rocks for those who hear them, which are accepted with joy at first, but then quickly lose faith in the sign of trouble. The seeds that fall upon the vines and the thorns are those who hear a message 
When days follow it for a while, the women feel they have done enough, so something else comes along. Very quickly in the long run, too. Forget. The deceit of all time against all those who see the message are accepted and follow through no matter what they cost. Now, my favorite parable is the one of the tax collector and the Pharisee, which I already said. So I'm going to go and do another one that's a very good parable as well. It's the rich and the poor man. There was once a rich ruler and a poor man who was left by the man's gate, hoping he's a beggar and kind of paralyzed at the moment. With sores on him. He was hoping to get crumbs from the plate of the rich man. Dogs came by, ripped open his sores, and licked the pus from his sores. And he died. Afterwards, the rich man, too, died. Then I'll say how. I'm guessing a feet or four something home. Business, I don't know. It's really say. And the rich man is in Hades, which is the place you wait until hell is created. And the, man, and the poor man is in Abraham's bosom, which is also known as paradise, he would say to the one man that put them on the cross, who did I say to you today you'll be from in paradise? That is Abraham's bosom, which has been taken over and will also be a part of hell once that hell is. But it's called in this in the parable is called out Abraham's bosom, and that's when they get a very severe. And he saw Abraham, and he said, Father Abraham, why is it that I am in here burning? Why the poor man is in heaven? Let the poor man dip his fingers in a water bucket and let it drop onto my tongue. And the poor man said. Well, apparently he said, I can't do that. And the poor man, and the rich man said, Then go back and tell my family to accept the word so they do not end up in fear like I do. And the poor man said, Do you think they listened to me even when I was alive? And do you think they listened to me now that I'm dead? So I was just saying, Hey, tell my family, I don't want them to be tortured and hate me, so... Can you go back and tell them, hey, trust in Jesus? And the woman was like, I'm still alive. I'll listen to me now. And um, that's a sad parable, but it's kind of true. If you don't accept God, you're going to be tortured and further damnation in hell. So I say three times. Well, you could say. First time I said it, I said it because I'm like, oh, all the cliches are doing it, why not? Second time I did it, I thought I would say it, and then I figured out, I should get a whole free card, not even card or anything. Now I got saved recently. Because I was sick of playing the game of Cat and Mouse. So I accepted God for real on revival. And Deep ass fallacies unlike anything I ever felt. Undescribable, uncontainable joy that I 
the young boy's son walks up to Charles because of his birthday, and this boy gives the news of his body. He decides to pick up another rock and search the dog again, and he just stops and he's like,
could say stop, and they wouldn't stop. Or he could say, kill them, Mark. I don't, I can't take this. And God would have came down, struck them down, and we all would have been in hell right now. There would be no more madness. No night. But now, we would all be in hell. Because of all this stuff. So Jesus loved us so much. Can't willingly put the price for us. Willingly. Of God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him, he shall not perish but have forever life. Think about that. But not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Because he's saying, Lord, I don't want this. But if this is what you want, I will do it for you. I will die and suffer a torturous, terrible death to that your people, your creation can be saved. I promise, Lord, I love them just as much as you do. And I will do anything that I can do, Father. Make you happy, make you proud. To save these sinful people, I love them, I will save them. I will do what you want, my Lord, my Father. You know what else Jesus did? He's so much. Jesus loves kids. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, I look at Chuck E. Cheese, and sometimes, I'm like, can you keep it go home, like, I don't know, not so good of a game, like, don't want these kids here. I mean, I like kids, don't get me wrong, I, I like kids, and sometimes those kids kick you in the chin, or punch you in a below-the-belt area when you're being a giant mouse, it's, it's kind of painful. And they, they kind of get upset a little bit, so that hurts. So, did Jesus, I don't think it'd be like Jesus, I mean, that would be a big mistake. Okay. Son Peter told them, told a woman that was with them, Woman, go, leave Jesus alone, he doesn't have time to deal with you. And Jesus said, No, let them come forth. And what she's saying, don't get them back off. The kids, I love kids. That's what happened. Jesus loves us and we can love him as much as he loves us. And as far as the long story that told you about the dog, that's because you hate people. In the movie, that was just very different stuff. Yeah. That's all I want to say. Please watch it. And this video is so scary.
not gonna do that, so if you guys want to comment, please do. I wanna see this one. We can do a set and we can do like different sets where we feel we can work with the entire game. YouTube channel. And that's just me. Shout out to Pastor Eddie, Mike Pastor. Uh, shout out to my grandpa. Grandpa Horsock, he is my dad. Shout out to Kevin, my youth pastor. Shout out to Luke Pollard, he was my, he used to be the, uh, past, pastor at, uh, for the high school. Shout out to Brooks, he is, uh, he's my teacher at, uh, my college teacher. Um, shout out to Grandpa and Papa and Grandma, never mind. Oh, Dad, my dad, who is, uh, with Sarah, Shout out to Grandma and most of our shout to Jesus. He's, he's gonna go help us through it, too. So, again, thank you for watching. And, of course, another shout out to someone who missed the last 25 years by also teaching the gospel at the same time. And that's uh Tim Hawkins. I'm gonna do what a ghost just said. Um, he was having a book after a concert and a woman asked him, Hey, can you also write your favorite Bible verse? And he said, Right when she said that I all the Bible verses I learned just right on my head. So he picked one out somewhere, I think this is in Mark if you're wrong. And um he he said all the way back home that he's like, Lord, you know they're gonna take that home and look it up. If it's a bad verse or a, or not a really good verse, um, he can change that just for one night and he said, My prayers are unheard. Because I went back and looked up in the Bible and it said, I have a terrible disease in my loins. And um, he's like, I know it probably happens. You know, people will hear like, Tommy, okay, no, it's not the TV, we're going to read a verse. Just so we can change the verse. It says, I have a terrible disease in my loins. Oh my goodness, oh dear. He touched my hand. I took a picture with him. He got a picture of him and his group. I touched him. I now have his loin disease. Lord, help the poor Tim Hawkins and the disease in his loins. Now, granted, he didn't have a disease in his loins. He's perfect, in perfect health. That's just a verse. Alright, now you know. Like I was trying to say, I went out of voice like I was actually there. Jesus loves you so much. Love Jesus and his love. Thank you for watching. And I'll talk about you guys on the Holy Spirit. You can read the Admit that you're a sinner. Confess that you believe Jesus is the Lord your God. That he died on the cross for you. And that 
Jesus truly the Son of God, and you believe that, follow your heart for all that. Amen. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ, your Lord, covering it all. And if I choose another one, which would be Judas, you can only think they're going to have it. You know? If I'm the first to leave his doctrine alone, says, hey, do not leave his doctrine alone. I don't touch my son the Lord around me. We're talking meaning of something God. Never give to God. Don't insult him at all. But it's something around me. So it comes down to miss, believe, and confess. I want to take it a step further and actually do omit, believe, and confess. Because I've done all that. And still do all that. And do that in the name of the Lord. I do the ABCD of Christianity. And do I stumble? Yes. Oh Lord God, help me back up. Fast and Yes, he is. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Lord. And support. Peace be with you. God bless. Have a wonderful day. First disclaimer for this video. This does have some intersectional things, but in the world of the Bible. So not in a perverted way, but in a kind of telling me about God, so not really in a bad way. So, in case you don't want any of that, just see this passion, or skip over this part of the video. Thank you, tell me about two times, so, please enjoy.